The Hard Shoulder with Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. All right, at this time, every Tuesday we go down to earth and you, it is available on podcast because we discuss a number of varied topics uh, with the same environmental team. It's a great pleasure to welcome back Dr. Cara Augustenberg of UCD, environmental expert. And the angle today is that she's making a lecture on Halloween night at the International Council of Monuments and Sites. It's called the annual Maura Shaffrey Lecture at Dublin Castle. Well, she's on the presidential uh, body now, so she has to go <laughs> to places where the good and the great assemble, like <laughs> Dublin Castle. You're welcome, Cara. Thanks, first, of, first of all, uh, what is the story about endangered world heritage sites? Well, it's interesting. I heard you talking to a colleague of mine the other night on on the Tonight Show saying that, you know, it's the developing world that will bear the brunt of climate change. But actually, we don't think about the fact that we have all these world heritage sites all over the world, including in Ireland, uh, that are at the risk of being lost because of climate change, too. And and when we go to these UN climate summit meetings and everything, oftentimes you see people from the energy sector and the transport sector and the agricultural sector. But we rarely hear from people that are that are dealing with our cultural heritage on how those elements of our heritage will be lost. And and I would have thought for World Heritage Sites, and, and you know, we, we discussed recently on the programme Venice uh, introducing a tourist tax simply because there was too much numbers. Yeah. Uh, we, we've heard of actually tourists kind of the, 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 the walking up and down of these sites. We've heard about Stonehenge and so on, that they have to be preserved. I, it surprises me that it's climate change rather than humans are the focus of your conservation? Well, it's a it's a mix of lots of things, but obviously these heritage sites have stood the test of time. They're thousands of years old, many of them. Um, about two-thirds of them are actually man-made structures of the thousand or so we have worldwide, uh, and a third of them are natural. So the Great Barrier Reef would be probably the most widely known natural world heritage site, and also right now hugely in the news because we've heard some people saying it's dead or it's nearly dead, and that is directly as a result of both climate change and also uh, eutrophication from nitrogen fertilizers and, and water quality issues due to agriculture, but largely from climate change and this coral bleaching that's happening in the Great Barrier Reef. So uh, uh, let, let's first of all just tell me how does something become designated as a UNESCO site? Because you know, I, I, in the UK now, I went to the Roman Baths in mm-hmm. in the town of Bath, mm-hmm. and I went to Stonehenge, and they had this. Uh, you know, sort of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and it's a great thing. Uh, it's the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization (UNESCO) that that has this World Heritage Convention that about two hundred countries, including Ireland, had signed on to. And what it says is that they will designate certain areas of cultural heritage or or physical heritage uh, as World Heritage sites, and even the ones that aren't officially designated, they will work to protect their cultural heritage in general. So there's about a thousand sites, World Heritage sites around the world, and, and Bath is one of them, and uh, Canada's Dinosaur Provincial Park, Argentina's Lost Glaciers National Park, they're all uh, World Heritage But you sites. see, how do you become eligible? Because we had on this show, would you believe it, the very first cable that was laid across the North Atlantic, mm-hmm. where it reached the point on Valencia Island, mm-hmm. and they were saying Eddie Hobbs' brother was on this show, calling for, so who does he have to persuade? So there's three groups, and the Institute, the uh, International Council of Monuments and 
Insights is one of three groups that advises the UN on which sites should be designated. And, and so they can be both designated and they can be taken off the list. Because quite a tourism uh, sort of cliche, uh, you know, uh, yeah, a lot of, of tourists uh, want to go to yeah, the heritage yeah. site because they realize it's some place of significance. So it is really important to have them. And it's a big cachet. It is, have, a, yeah, yeah, it is a big cachet. And we have about seven here in Ireland that are on what they call the tentative list. So they're potential other heritage sites that we should be considering and, and that have been So there's forward. a network of experts is they, that adjudicate on this. Yeah, and the International Council of Monuments and Sites is, has over 10,000 individual members from 151 countries and they would be people like archaeologists and geographers and art historians and engineers and town planners and, and people who understand the, the cultural significance of buildings and sites in our area. And they do nothing else? They don't say... We can't build this bypass because of a slug. No, no they this just is specialize about in, the significance in, okay. of monuments and sites. And, so, right. and some of them are even natural disasters, are they? Well, they do uh, engage in natural disasters when areas of cultural significance are, are at risk. So, of course, we, you know, we've had in third world countries um, sometimes landslides and other things, and they would they would deal with that and, and deal with the insurance around around protecting those structures in the case of Okay, risk. so let's get to your central point, which is that the climate change is in danger these. Give us some examples. Yeah. Well, the the one that's really coming up now, of course, is is the Great Barrier Reef because it's the world lo- world's largest reef ecosystem, and uh, with three thousand coral reefs around six hundred islands, and it's a huge tourist. What's thing. the problem? Is the oxygen or not it's oxygen in the water? It's a mix of things. So we have the oceans warming at an incredible rate, and that is causing this coral bleaching. So essentially, the the coral reefs are dying, and they're dying. They seem to be dying more frequently now as as temperatures warm, and then and we also have acidification of the ocean because there's more carbon dioxide in the system and we have a deoxygenation of the ocean too. So there's a lot of issues around this. And this is the first time that we've seen a World Heritage Site that, that potentially may come off the list because of climate change. In the past, we saw the Galapagos Islands. Um, they, they were about to come off the list of World Heritage Sites because Ecuador wasn't managing it uh, properly. And Ecuador got So really it's like concerned. a sanction against yeah, them. Yeah, and it means that there's less resources to protect it and it means there's less incentive for tourists to go visit it. And so actually with the Galapagos, the Ecuadorian government realized that they were potentially going to come off the list and they ramped up their efforts to to improve the, the protection so of the So can they, notwithstanding the mm-hmm. overall point about acidification and temperature in the water, can the authorities do anything to protect the bleaching of the coral? Well, this is why Australia is begging uh, UNESCO not to take them off the list because they're saying, look, this climate change problem is a global problem. Uh, we shouldn't be penalized because of climate change and, mm. and have this removed from the list. So right now um, they're really lobbying to keep it on the list and, and, and it'll be a test case for all future World Heritage Sites that are at risk of climate change too. So take, for example, Venice, which is a World Heritage Site in itself and gets 30 million visitors a year, but they have really no official plan for how to deal with climate change and protecting this site. Um, but again, they're going to but see But how does climate rise. change... In de- like, I understand... Uh, you know the just one more Canetto and the ad and <laughs> and the gondola going along. But I, I like mean, where like, you get your environmental well, education. No, no, yeah. no but where, where does the environment like it, limiting the number of visitors? I understand. Do you call that climate ja- damage? Uh, it just no, a human... so the, the issue with Venice is historically it has always flooded and now we have sea level rise. Oh, so, I see. So it will flood, it will be underwater, it will be lost because of climate change. And so do we say we'll continue to protect it and we'll continue to build tidal barriers and things to try and stop this seawater sea intrusion? Or do we say, look, this will eventually 
be gone and we just enjoy it while it's here and recognize that the city will be underwater, you know, by 2100 or sooner. And does this apply to, to cities in the, like take in the US where you have exponential growth? New yeah. York, I'm yeah, thinking about yeah. L.A. So it's interesting that that typically we haven't seen the World Heritage Community actually engage in the climate issue. But recently, in September of last year, a group of officials from four big U.S. cities, that's New York, L.A., San Antonio, and Boston, have all started to look at this issue of heritage, and particularly around the issue of historic properties and historic buildings. Because there is a, a, an incompatibility with when we talk about climate action, we talk about the need to uh, create A-rated energy buildings, and, things, and that's very hard with historic properties. So what we find is it becomes more and more expensive to do this kind of energy retrofit on historic properties. And we tend to, and we see this in Ireland, where we have a lot of abandoned buildings along the Keys in Dublin, for example, and we're building further and further out and we're building these new buildings. So we need to adapt. So yeah, there's a role for historic properties and and we don't see our our carbon footprint in terms of life cycle. So the cost of building a new building in terms of the emissions to manufacture all the materials versus having this historic property that already exists and how do we retrofit that and and that's what these these officials from these four big cities are looking at is can we bring these historic properties in as part of the low carbon transition okay let's talk about Ireland and UNESCO sites you alluded to uh, an hour ago that there's only two there's only two in Ireland which is unfortunate because I think we have a lot of beautiful potential sites and I was disappointed to see the likes of Glendalock isn't even on the ten vinegar hill in Enniscorthy uh, yeah another, absolutely yeah. <laughs> I, yeah that's a great spot um so we have Brunaboyne which I you know, relatively, it's in County Meath, and and that's the passage tombs of Newgrange and everything. And we and we know they're probably not at the mercy of climate change too much. But the one that really is is Skellig Michaels, which is way out there um, off the coast of Kerry, and and visitor demand has increased by over fifty percent now as, as a result of things like Star Wars. Um, but climate change is making the the steep slopes of the island more vulnerable to soil erosion, and and because of the severity of Atlantic storms and everything. And then there's also impacts around fishing, and and the impact on the bird population and food supply. So there's a lot of potential impacts of climate change from scale. But there's a lot of local resistance. I know Michael Healy, Ray and others very much against curbing yeah. Uh, the 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 you know the the attractive the activity. Yeah, yeah 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 but I mean we have to think about what is going to happen to Skellig Michael in a changing climate and we know it's going to be subject to more storms it's going to be subject to sea level rise and so so what do we do finally tell us about this Maura Shaffrey Memorial Lecture that you're giving covering this topic is a Thursday night a Thursday night in and Dublin, Dublin Castle. Castle in the Printworks and it's actually a free event so if you don't is have it? something anyone yeah go? anyone can go uh, you do they have to register register on Eventbrite. Um, uh, if you look up I-C-O-M-O-S, so the uh, the Council of Monuments and Sites. All right. Well, if you'd like to hear more and you're available near Dublin Castle on Thursday night, log on to eventbrite.ie and you'll be able to meet uh, Cara in person. My thanks, as always, for another episode of Down to Earth, Dr. Cara Gustenberg. Thank you, Ivan. 